Right. So uh, there's no way I'm editing any of that shit in, so don't worry. Uh, it's way too boring. <laughs> you can just do the where I said we'll start with some shit if you want. Yeah. Yeah. That can be a set off. Listeners and welcome to episode 42 of the Picky Bastards podcast. I am Fran Slater and I am here with Matthew Paul, who is just done a big stretch as he always does. How are you, Matt? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm limber. Bit yeah. of an in-joke that no one else will get, but you know, yeah. Matt likes stretching. Um, that's such an yeah. in-joke. Oh my god. I'm also here with... no, that's just gonna drive people away from this podcast. Thanks, also... Fran. Great work. <laughs> Yeah. Just imagine Matt stretching. That's all you need to do. Um, it's a good image. I'm also here with Nicholas. I can't think. Um, what does Nick like doing, Matt? Being incredibly witty. Nothing. Being old. <laughs> yeah. Telling dad yeah. jokes. Yeah, I don't mind that, actually. That. I'll take that. Yeah. That's fine. I'll own that. Okay, cool. Well, we're here for episode 42, which is actually going to be my last episode for a little while because I'm, I'm going on some picky bastards paternity leave. Mm. Um, he gets no so, benefits, though. He gets nothing out of it at all. We're not paying the What are you for that. booing, Matt? Are you booing yeah. the baby? <laughs> are you booing the joy of new life? Boo. Who are you booing? <laughs> uh, all of the above. Yeah, all of it? Okay, fair enough. Wow. Uh, that's Have amazing. a quick stretch and get over yourself. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, my last one for a little while, and our, our editor friends will be covering for me, and um, I'll be making them. I'll still be choosing an album each time, so I'm going to choose really obnoxious music <laughs> to, to make them struggle with. But anyway, on to today. Today we are listening to, as always, four recently released albums, one classic, and then I'll be telling you about an artist I love. So the recent releases are Bright Greenfield by Squid, there Is No End by Tony Allen, Nurture by Porter Robinson, and For My Mama and Anyone Who Looked Like Her by McKinley Dixon. Um, the classic this month is Perfect Angel by Minnie Ripperton. And I'll be telling you all why I love John Smith. So I'm going to start with, I hope you listen to those album titles closely because I've based all my questions around them today. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to start by asking Nick, which album fit best with its title and why? I'm happy to help out by repeating the album title in question as I answer, if that's okay with you. Go for it, go for Um, it. So which album title fits best with music and what? I'm going to go with uh, Tony Allen, There Is No End. Um, So basically now and again, um, somebody comes along, a musician comes along that kind of demonstrates to me uh, what I guess you two know already, which is I I know fuck all about music, basically. (laughs) Um, And I managed to not know that this genre, which I have heard of, of course, Afrobeat, is is actually amazing, and I've long loved it, but not knowing that that's what it was called, which is quite embarrassing. There's a confession for the start of the episode. It's also, not only that, but it's also very clear that um, I'm not the only one, um, that there's a number of great features on this album, many great features on this album, that pretty much shows me that everyone else gets it, except for me. Um, and I should, pretty, I should probably give up this reviewing shit right now. Right? So as well as okay. Fran leaving today, I'm probably off, basically. So oh, great. It's, <laughs> cool. Matt can keep up conversation on his own for the next few months. Um, yeah, yeah, so um, basically this album was, was really, really fantastic um, and uh, clever and moody, energetic, uh, never, never grating, uh, just, just a really um, inspiring and exciting uh, piece of work. Uh, and that's why the There Is No End thing fits for me because, uh, as far as I'm aware, Tony Allen recently passed away. Yeah. Um, but this gives the distinct impression that, 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 that his music is, has, is both 
uh, enduring in the sense that it's a new album, but also uh, the style is, is so much, so fresh, you know, there's so much to it. Mm. Um, so, um, and also I'm not, I'm actually not just going to bring myself down with this though. Um, I've been slating myself quite heavily in the last five minutes. <laughs> I'll also go a Radiohead as well, um, because what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? because <laughs> do it, do it. <laughs> Let's just go all in. Fuck it up. So um, because when I say that I love the drumming on King of Limbs, for example, which yeah. like with the double drumming, you know, with Clive as, as well as Phil. Yeah. Um, and I, and so I think bizarre. to myself that they're, they're so clever. You know, aren't they so clever? Yeah. Now I really realise that they're just kind of pretenders who are like lifting Afrobeat elements from their percussive <laughs> stuff. <laughs> So really, okay. um, essentially, Tony, Alban, uh, Tony Allen has, has basically destroyed my kind of fragile confidence in my musical knowledge and at the same time killed off Radiohead as in any way inventive. I mean, um, I literally <laughs> think this is the weirdest... I might have, I might have slightly overstayed the last bit, okay? This album also is about, you know, several years after The King of Limbs, so it's a, it's a very weird comment. I, mean, but, this, this, um, I was actually just thinking as well, while you were answering the questions mm, to start with, mm. I didn't really expect you to come up with good answers to these questions, mm. and you came up with a really good answer to that question, so Thank I was you. thinking, well done, Nick, that's really interesting. Mm. And then you just went mental. <laughs> And just I mean, I'm, I'm over, I am overstating the redhead thing slightly. Uh, I think, yeah. I think the you know, but but Tony Allen, the, the existence of this album basically makes me feel like an idiot. So, um, okay. that's about at the same time, I love the music. So it's a very, I'm very conflicted about it. You know, um, no, it's yeah. really great. I absolutely <laughs> loved it. Um, I will be coming back to it. I have repeatedly listened to it over the last month. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll talk more about how it compares to the others later on. But um, on this list, but um, yeah, it was it was great. It was really great. Okay, Matt, what did you think? I feel, of it? I f- I feel like that was a really nice parting gift for Fran. <laughs> I don't know how serious you were, but <laughs> yeah, slightly I mean, not, head is perfect for him. With the, his tattoo it, on his arm. Not, like, like, it's not upset me in any way, shape, or form because it's just it was the <laughs> weirdest thing I've ever heard anyone say. It made no sense. You, you sounded. You sounded pretty irate. It literally didn't make even a little bit of sense. Oh, brilliant. I'm glad I achieved that goal. Um, but it's fine. Yeah, yeah so, so, yeah, I suggested <laughs> we listen to this album. Um, even though, we're like, we generally steer clear of, like, post-humorous releases. Um, yeah. Because it's hard to make a criticism of someone who's recently died. Mm. But yeah. I, I think that this... Uh, was warranted for us to like dive into because it isn't something we've really touched on. Um, I think the closest we came is Burner Boy because that had some Afrobeat elements to it. Um, but I think this this has so much more going on for me. Um, I think as Nick alluded to, he's really is musically is super interesting. His uh, drumming styles like mm. it's very cool. Um, mm. Cool than Radiohead, isn't it? I mean, fucking hell. <laughs> well, the thing with the thing with Radiohead is, like, if you want to do, I just comparison. pulled you off of the tangent. I, put, I succeeded, yeah, yeah. successfully pulled you off of the tangent. Yeah, like Radiohead, <laughs> like there's a very specific tone to Radiohead songs, right? Mm. And so this is implemented in a very specific way. But mm. I, I was really impressed with how, like, my, and this is down to my like uh, naivety around this uh, genre, um. There's a huge amounts of variation within mm. um, the way this Afrobeat was implemented. Like there was at times it was just a pure celebration. Sometimes it was very aggressive. Other times it was very, like very spaced out and foreboding. Um, well done for pulling it back to some kind of sane response. By the way, for my comment, Mike. yeah, yeah. It's just excellent work. Can we switch Nick off for a little bit? Is there a way to turn <laughs> I got this. Nick's voice off for a little bit? <laughs> 
Yeah. There is no end to um, Nick talking bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry um, on. What it, but so what it reminds me of is when we listen to Everything Is Recorded because mm. that had a, like a central figure with a rotating uh, group of people that came in to help uh, like flesh out the projects but with that sing- single like tone that was consistent throughout. But I think because of um, like Tony Allen has such a strong thumbprint, a strong style, it's much more consistent throughout. Because that was one of the criticisms we leveled at everything that's recorded is like the cohesion throughout the album wasn't entirely Say we. Yeah, this, is, this kicks that album's ass. This is way better than everything that's recorded. No comparison. I, I'm still, I'm still on the like. I think that everything is recorded. Met like they're they're different. They're different, mm. but like I, think, I get a lot of the similar feelings. Um, I think the the only criticism I can like most most of the uh, features are super good. Um, I was expecting a lot from some of the big name features like Danny Brown and Skepta, and wasn't as impressed by them. But that is uh, mm. not. I like the other features. Uh, this like standouts to me were like uh, Na Ito or Sampa the Great was obviously great because mm. she's always great. Uh, yeah. Korea Town Oddity I also thought was fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Mm. Like so, it was the ones I hadn't heard of which impressed me more generally. Mm. Mm. Um, I also thought it was a really nice touch to have that quote from Tony at the end. It was very quick. Like sometimes when you have spoken word or like a quote in a album it's a bit much it can go on for minutes but this was like mm. 20 to 30 seconds and it was just him talking about his philosophy for that to- and just got it in like a nutshell um I mean, so i thought that was a really nice way to just finish it off as well yeah 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 interesting i mean i also thought about everything's recorded um while we were listening to it. and i thought about a few other albums that we've done and it just made me think we listen to we listen to quite a lot of these types of albums now, like the collaborative, um, yeah. collaborative albums, lots of features, and a lot of the time I find them quite difficult to talk about on the podcast. Um, I think there's kind of a limit to what you can say with an album that's got loads of features and stuff because it feels more like a. I'm not saying particularly this one, but I'm saying in general those albums feel more like a, a collection of songs than a cohesive album. I think before yeah. the only one that didn't to me was the Everything Is Recorded one. Um, and I was also a bit concerned when you told me that Alan was a, a long-time Gorillaz collaborator because um, they, ma- well, they make say... this kind of album. They make collaborative albums yeah. and, and they make terrible, terrible music for people who, who don't like music. So I was a bit worried about that. But this album is... more of it, a it's... Damon Alban collaborator. Okay, that doesn't improve my, my view on that. <laughs> I didn't think uh, that would help. <laughs> But this album is great, right right from the start. And um, yeah, Sampa the Great shows up on pretty much every collaborative album that there is these days. She's just on every <laughs> album. And, and she pretty much always owns it. And she's pretty much always is one of the standouts. And Stumbling Down is the track that she's on is the proper opener of this. And, it, and it's great. Um, yeah, I, I also loved a lot of the other songs. I love Crushed Grapes. I loved Mau Mau. I loved Cosmosis with... Um, What's his name? Skepta. I love Deer in the Headlights, mm. along with Danny Brown, which I thought was great. Mm-hmm. Particularly my favourite was Rich Black with Career Town Oddity. That was my favourite track on there. Yeah. Um, and I think what is particularly impressive about this album is that it does feel very cohesive. Um, it's kind of interesting with the Afrobeat thing because I was showing up our ignorance. I don't really know Afrobeat music. This album to me just felt like a hip-hop album and I've 
I'm saying it had a very cohesive sound. I think it felt like a very cohesive hip hop album with what I would say felt like additions of other influences, which I'm assuming some of that comes from Afrobeat, but maybe all Afrobeat music sounds like this and I just don't know anything about it, but it just felt, it felt like a hip hop album. Um, so I think, I didn't I think really... it goes beyond that, honestly. I think it's, I mean, I think it is, it is good by that standard, but um, hmm. I, this, is, this is the point I was suggesting was that lots of other bands um, who do interesting things with percussively um, yeah. are also lifting from potentially this genre or even potentially this yeah. artist. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah the d- drummer and percussion is, is, is absolutely key and is mm. in, in incredibly impressive. And mm. I suppose it feels like hip hop with a band, you know, a bit like maybe, maybe some of the Odyssey stuff that we've talked about in the past, you know, it's, it, it does make a difference to have the live musicians with it. And, and that certainly did stand out, but it did feel very hip hop um, to me. I felt, you mm. know, despite there being loads of different artists, loads of different collaborators, I did feel it all worked together. Um, so yeah, it was a much more sort of complete piece of work than I thought it would. And, and just to take it back to what you were saying about us not really covering um, posthumous albums a lot, I think that is because, you know, there's a. F- I don't want to. I don't want to have to say anything negative about um, somebody who's who's just passed away. And we've we've sort of shied away from some albums in the past, and I think that's been the right decision. But I am really glad we covered this because obviously neither of us had the need to say anything negative because it's just a very good album. So mm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, really cool. stellar. It's one of the best things I've heard this year, I would say. I love it. Nice. Yeah. I, I think it's worth... I, I'm definitely going to try and listen to some of the like founding albums of the genre because he was in, yeah. like, uh, obviously core to that 40, 50 years ago. And that might answer I'd your question. Heard of like, until you said that you were choosing him, I'd never even heard of him. But again, that's my ignorance um, yeah. of the genre. How embarrassing for you, Frank. Theory me. Yeah, I, I only know him because he drummed with Damon Albert. It's not really <laughs> for good, the good, the bad, and the queen. Yeah, like, well, that's, that's, yeah. that's a bit of a shame. It's, but we yeah. won't hold that against him because um, this album is very good. Mm. Okay, so next question, Matthew, Paul. Which album, felt least, which album title felt least relevant to the music and why? So I, I'm going to go with Bright Greenfield by Squid. Um and the reason I'm going for this is I, I think it's the obvious one to pick mm. because everything else is, is pretty much directly related. Every other album name is directly related to the album, I think. Okay. And this okay. this at least has a metaphor in the way. Yeah. Um, like I can I can think that maybe this is related to like like there's some dystopia in this album. Like mm. the first track, I think first track's GSK. Um, first proper track yeah 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 and so it has this idea of like i don't know the grass is greener on the other side kind of feel to it um and because of that like every other every other album name which we'll see pretty much directly links and is hugely relevant so this was pretty an easy choice for me um Mm. and so we are listening to the album I spent pretty much the entire time comparing it to dry cleaning um, okay. because we covered that last month. Yeah. I think they're both they're both like enshrined in what is considered post-punk these days, uh, for better or worse. Um, and despite that they might come under this umbrella, they're hugely different in style. I think mm. they're the opposite ends of what that genre can be. Um and the reason, like, they're so different, really, I, th- I think though the, like, the voice is less unique and interesting in this, 
it's still delivering deadpan lines occasionally, but it has urgency other times. Sometimes mm. he's screaming, sometimes he's cares. <laughs> and then yeah. the same is happening with the music. It's like up and it's down. It's giving space to breathe. Um, but then other times they're just going hell for leather. Um, it's just so much more variety of the instrumentation and everything else going on in the in the music. It it still feels like it's centered on the like the kind of plucky bass lines and angular guitar, but there's so many other elements coming into it. Uh, for for me, it just felt like um, still comparing to dry cleaning. Dry cleaning felt very much within themselves. They were trying mm. really hard to be like cool and yeah. to to be edgy. And these guys were the ones. These are the ones you people you actually want to hang out with because they're there brazenly <laughs> rushing in. They're having fun. They're full pace. They don't feel out of control, but they're just about to get to that point. Mm. Um, and so for me, like this album, within like the within rock, the only album I've really really clicked with, is, like that I'm sure I've clicked with, is um, Shame, and maybe mm. Black Midi. And they they're approaching like starting to think about like album of the year category, like they're in the conversation for me. Okay. I'm not sure if this has made it all the way there, but this has actually made me think about that, which is the first time I thought about a rock album in that way for a couple months, okay. which is cool. Mm, cool. Okay. Is that Brian? you? Yeah, yeah, I'll jump in. Um, so yes, yeah, I'm I'm totally in love with this album um, and and the band now. Like I've been totally obsessed with this album since mm. we started listening to it. Um, it's the opposite effect. I've got dry cleaning in my notes as well. Uh, James, our fellow editor who loves dry cleaning, will be will be loving that we managed to slag off dry yeah. cleaning in the second episode because <laughs> I think we upset him last time. Mm. But <laughs> this had almost the opposite effect to dry cleaning in the last episode on me in terms of I, I was excited for dry cleaning. I really expected to love it. And I was just really sort of disappointed. Whereas with Squid, I'd heard some of the stuff previously and I thought, it's okay. I'm not going to love this album, but I, I want to give it a listen. And just, it was one of those completely instant albums for me. I, I totally loved it from Listen One. Um, and sometimes, as I've said before, when I love something on Listen One, it, it does it does grow tired for me. But this has just grown and grown as, as, as time's progressed, really. I think it, I personally think it stands above a lot of its contemporaries in the sort of post-punk, post-rock movement at the minute. I think, I love yeah. that Shame album as well. Uh, but I think this is, this is better than the Shame album because it's it's more varied. It's got more... It's got more about it, I think. I love the Shame album, but this is just something a bit more special, I think. Um, I think there will be people who listen to this album and dismiss it as just more shouty man music, but there is so much more nuance to it than that. Um, I also think there's, you know, early listens you might... I think his voice can sound very derivative of the talking heads, um, but yeah, I think, you know, I think the more time you spend with it, the less that matters. Um, I also think across the album, you'll hear influences from all over the place. Um, I think the song 2010, you know, there's there's Radiohead influences there. Radiohead are coming up a lot today. Um, there's, there's David Bowie influences on some of the songs. But then they just really feel really unique, unique and dynamic as a band. I think they're all such talented musicians that even though they're clearly part of this big current movement of music, they feel like they're really doing their own thing. In a way that not many this year have, like there was disappointments with dry cleaning, with Black Country New Road. I feel like these are really doing something special. And I think 
I don't know if you've watched many of the videos. Um, if you haven't, no. then do. Like I went down a total rabbit hole with the videos because they're fascinating as well. They're really well done. They really work well with the music as well. Um, and yeah, I think the other sign of how much I like this album is just how often my favourite song has changed over the course of the month. So I started out loving documentary filmmaker. I loved, and then it was 2010. Then it was Global Groove. Then it was Narrator. And it was paddling, but at the minute I'd say it's Boy Racers, which when I first heard Boy Racers, I was like, well, this is a bit of a silly song. But yeah. it just grew on me and grew on me. And I think they do, they are silly in some respects. There's some really silly lyrics in there, but there's also some real darkness in there. And I think you were saying this, Matt, it's just very, very varied uh, and just very interesting. But I think they're also, they're just a, they're a really fun band. Like a lot of the time bands aren't fun. They just want to be serious or they want to be cool. But this is a fun band. They're very energetic, very involving. But I think they also have quite a lot to say with their music as well. So I think, yeah, it's on the podcast, it's been a very long while since an album has blown me away as much as this one. I'm struggling to think of the last one that did. Yeah, I love it. Wow. Okay. So now Nick's going to slag it off. It's funny that you say about the videos thing because um, I got a message from my brother, a previous participant in this podcast, Lewis, um, saying that he's working with the director of the video, one of their videos, to make oh, really? a video for his band. Wow, because their videos are fantastic. Yeah, so, so that is I, was, really cool. I haven't that's actually cool. had to see yet, but the video itself. But um, yeah, he said, you know, check it out because the guy's really good. He said so. Yeah, so yeah, I know they, about make, the videos. they yeah. make incredible videos. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, Great. really, really good. So well, yeah. well he's obviously going to be huge then. Exactly. Yeah. So don't forget me, Lewis. <laughs> don't forget me. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I will say though that uh, overall, I'm, I'm far less impressed than the, the two of you with this album. Um, uh, there were parts, bits of it that I really liked. Uh, like I think my high point was Peel Street, um, probably my favourite song on the album. Um, great. I think it had um, it, it showed a, a, you know it had a lot of energy uh, and it had a lot of fun to it. And I think it, it was it, it, the, the album. Is, I think you're right to say it has got that silliness to it um, mm. a little bit. And I think that's. Um, you know that's that's a good thing in lots of ways. Um, it gives it gives it some kind of likeness, uh, which is great. Um, I think the problem I had though was that um, there were several bands that one of which Black Midi that was mentioned earlier that I think yeah. could do something similar to this band but better. Um, so and I'll raise another one which I'm sure I guarantee at least Fran will not agree with, which is that I think they sound like Daughters a little bit occasionally. Um, the talking, not the, the Daughters I've heard, but talking uh, mode. Mm. Um, so Boy Racer in particular, I thought, was sounding like a bit of, bit of Daughters. But but I have to say, like, a kind of slightly watered-down version of a Daughters song. Um, and Peel Street, although I do really like it, sounds like a bit of a watered-down Black Midi, Black Midi song. So um, although I like the fun of it, um, I like the, the energy behind it, I, I, I can't say I was riveted by it. And I, I can't say I would choose it over some of those other bands. So it's one of those ones where, which happens periodically for all of us, I guess, where you hear a band and it makes you think... They sound like X other band. I, mean, I would rather go and listen to that, you know. So, um, mm. so sadly, uh, wasn't totally in love with it. Uh, I, I didn't hate it, but um, I, I'm, I'm not. It's not. It's not in my top albums of the year kind of category in any way. So, um, yeah, yeah it was fine. It was okay. How, wait, so with Black Midi, just mm. to go back to Black mm. Midi, I find I love Black Midi, but sometimes they are a little inaccessible. <laughs> mm. And so that's fair. I can't stand me, them. That's fair. I know he hate, I know hates them. them. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so th- I feel like these guys take some of the elements of Black Midi, which are fun, interesting, yeah. and like rambunctious almost, mm, just like word. causing chaos. No, I, I totally then... agree. I agree with everything you say, yeah. except that yeah. for me, that taking that and lifting it into something more uh, digestible is, I would invert that and say, watered down. 
Because to me, that's a watered-down version of what Black Midi, Black Midi tries to do, you know. Well, I would it's say this, this, this is, that's a taste thing, though, isn't it? It's totally yeah, a taste totally. thing, because it's like with Daughters with daughters and Black Midi, for me, what they're doing is taking something too far and creating a noise that just isn't... It's not palatable to me. I can't, <laughs> I, I can't listen to it, especially yeah. Daughters. Black Midi, I haven't listened to the new album yet, and I will give it a go, mm. but... Um, it's great. But it's taken mm, it's it too great. far. Mm. Whereas I think for me, maybe, you know, my, my level of what I enjoy, mm. bands like Squid and Shame are doing doing some of that, but they're mm. having fun with it as well. So and I, I, sense, do, I, think I feel that... like Black Midi and Daughters, bands like that, they're very posy. They're very like, look how amazing we are. Mm. I want a band to have fun as well. And I feel and like I, Black I, Midi I are way, just very up their own arses. In a weird way, I think we're actually all agreeing about what these yeah. band, how these three bands that we're referring to yeah. all fit yeah. together. Yeah. Uh, it's just a question of the fact that, I think, that yeah, I think it's a compromise yeah. to do what... what Squid have done versus the other two bands, and you think it's a more sort of reasonable level to take, you know, a more sort of balanced position to take. So, um, yeah, so um, it's amazing to say we, we're totally in agreement, even though we're also yeah. totally in disagreement. In agreement, so, well, disagreeing. Yeah. What an amazing well, achievement. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm going to take, I'm going to have to argue with the word compromise, though. I don't think it's a, it's, it's a band doing what they want to do. They're not compromising anything, they're doing yeah. the sound that they want to make, and you, you, you are now sounding like a pretentious member of Black Midi, mm. saying that they're oh, that'd be, that'd be amazing. Well, no, I would love to be a pretentious mm. member of Black Midi. The only problem is they're yeah. like well, 15, you, so yeah. You speak yeah, like I was going to say. Yeah, exactly. I knew you were going to get there. I went there before you, so fuck off. Old Uncle Nick in the corner. <laughs> you could be their dad. You could exactly. be their dad. You I could eat sandwiches to... and tidy up after them. <laughs> I wouldn't even be able to stand for the length of the concert, probably. <laughs> they would dance around on stage and stuff. Yeah, Their drummer in particular is amazing. Oh my well, God. that's the other oh, fascinating yeah. thing I wanted to talk about wow. with Squid before we do move on, is that the drummer's the lead vocalist as well, mm, which I've yeah, never yeah, really... I've not that, really yeah. seen. Oh. Mm. And really? I find yep. that kind of fascinating, yeah. Mm. yeah. Again, oh, you I see it in the videos, but watch some live sets as well. So difficult to do anything really genuinely creative with that, you know? I've You've seen it, but limitation. to see someone perform in the way that he does mm. while playing the drums as well as he does mm. is Maybe kind I need of to... fascinating. I'll make you listen to Blood Red Shoes at some point. I've, I've heard them before. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you've yeah. made me listen to them before and it didn't go that okay, well. Okay, well um, then, then, we try then he's he's going hell for leather, and he's yeah. also also Death from Above drummer sings. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that band. Yeah, I don't yeah. really know them either. Oh, so I there you go. I've just missed out on these people yeah, yeah. who do it, but you, I like we, seeing. We've it done an album on the podcast. The Death from Above, Death from we above. have, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Basically, it was Death shite, wasn't it? Yeah, no. Well, that, that was a much uh, weaker album than the, than the one they've done before yeah. it, but it was still yeah. way better. The one that, that just a, a bugbear, Royal Blood, that I see on every single... I don't know how big their sponsor marketing budget is, but they are ever, everywhere with the fucking advertising yeah. Royal Blood. They are, I'll just put on record, a very shit version of Death and Above. It just drives me insane that everyone talks about them all the time, like they're somehow... Innovative. How many bands are we going to slack off the day? It's well, just even off the charts, isn't it? We, started, we began happy. with Radiohead and went down from there. <laughs> so I, I, I went to... I, went to, I hate the Red Hot Chili Peppers, by the way. Waste of shit. I didn't go to school, school with Royal Blood, but they went to the school next to me. So oh, I, used yeah. to see, mm. I used to right. see him all the time play right. with my friend's bands. Right. Um, but they're just the they're ripping some it off. They're ripping some it off. Sorry. Listen, well, uh, as as the host of this podcast, <laughs> I'm going to bring us back. We need to get because you know it needs to stay to a relatively normal size. So. I'm here today to make Fran's job difficult 
I'm here to make Fran's job difficult today as his last one. I'm trying to do real talking about people that you've met at some point or someone that you saw at school (laughs) or a band whose drummer you like less than another drummer. And let's get back to the albums we're talking about. So, Nick. (sighs) Boring. After he leaves, it's going to go all over the place, isn't it? From Paul to Robinson, (laughs) McKinley Dixon and the classic Minnie Ripperton, Nick, which was your favourite? Hold on a second. Uh, I guess probably... um, uh, it's really hard. I guess. <laughs> I guess McKinley Dixon. I'll go. With, I'll go with McKinley Dixon. Um, <laughs> so, so to minimise the dead air. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, this this, um, this album was um, kind of reminiscent uh, for me of Odyssey um, in lots of ways, mm-hmm. and, I, and I enjoyed it uh, on a lot of levels for for that reason. I think it was. I thought it was very very well produced, um, and from yeah. what I could see, just from a quick search on from my extremely minimal research as usual from Spotify and stuff, was that it, it seems like it's not a huge name. Is that is that fair to say? Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I think this album has got quite a bit of. Um, it's, but it's part, apparently it's the third one of a trilogy. But this mm. album has kind of made a bit of a name for him. Okay, okay. Um, so we'll see if he gets bigger. But he's not a big name at the minute. No. Right. Yeah. So so to me, to produce an album of this much, uh, this higher quality. Uh, Production-wise, uh, when he, when he's not a big big star, he's very good, uh, very impressive. So yeah, I thought. I mean, on the technical side of things, I think he, you know his flow was great and uh, and very tight, and and the album had a lot of uh, sort of great instrumentation. It had a little hint of Kendrick in his tone sometimes. Mm. I felt like. Um, I would say though, um, I don't know that I will be coming back to it all. You know, a huge amount just because um, again, a little bit like I said earlier, the Odyssey is is. Um, is better um, and uh, but does something very similar. So I, I'm having this problem where I'm listening to things that are, that are sort of reminiscent of other stuff and, and mm. driving me back to them. So, but no, I mean, I, I think it was. I think it was definitely. I'm glad I heard it, um, and uh, I think it's an achievement. And I'll, and I'll be watching uh, for future releases from him. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Matt. Yeah, I I so I actually agree a lot. Um, it like as an album, I was. I was pretty shocked that when it, yeah, when I looked at the numbers on Spotify, and it was mm. between five and ten thousand. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, I've listened to this album like twenty to thirty <laughs> times at this point. That's like one mm. one five hundredth yeah, of all the listens. Exactly. <laughs> just just podcast editors have listened to this album for my half. It's yeah. total user, yeah, user base. Yeah, um, but I yeah, I, based on that, I was just like, I was also blown away by how complete it was. Um, mm. I think, and we t- we talked already a lot about variation. Um, and variety and getting that balance between variety and cohesiveness. And I think he already figured that out. There's a lot going on in this album, but it doesn't get stale and it doesn't feel like it's falling apart at the seams either. Um, I really like the live instrumentation, the way it breaks down. When it combines in the early songs with both, or like his voice specifically and then also the group vocals and the way the group vocals come in, um, with all his backing backing singers and stuff, it reminded me of some NERD tracks, just without like the huge massive poppy hooks. Um, Not name I've heard and, in a long time. Yeah, yeah. I was I was kind of like, but then it kind of just went more like jazzy influence later on, yeah. and I was like, oh, this is like this is the influence of To Pimp a Butterfly now, really, mm. really coming out. Um, but. I, yeah, I think um, overall, I, I was yeah really like like this album, but 
I think the same as Nick is one I will keep my eye out for, keep the eye out for the artist as they develop, but maybe not specifically this album because there are uh, other stuff that I'd maybe turn to instead. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I mean, we've had complaints from fellow editors that we're agreeing too much on this podcast nowadays, so sadly I'm going to have to agree that uh, it's, it's a, it's a yeah. very, it is a very good album. Maybe I like it a little bit more than you, so if that counts as a disagreement... Well, I mean, again, I we know, agreed but, when we disagreed, so we really are fucked, yeah, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. So. but I think this album starts... I just think it starts so strongly. I think Chain So Heavy is yeah. like such a statement of intent. It just blasts you away. And then I think that it really keeps up the intention in those early songs. I think there's a sort of mix of like intense jazzy style a quite furious flow at sometimes and i think quite controlled chaos throughout the early songs and i think there's also you both mentioned kendrick but i think there's um there are hints of a few artists that we've talked about positively on the podcast i think bless the child has a bit of a sabba sound i think it could certainly be a sabba track um make a poet black i think is clearly kendrick influenced but i don't think it's derivative i just think it's influenced um but then I yeah. think this album really sort of sets itself apart for me with the song Protective Styles around halfway through. It's a really sort of soulful, gentle song with a really good st- a string section. It's the one with the chorus of, pardon my black ass, but my sisters need therapy. Um, I just think yeah. it's like a really real moment of honesty in the album. And it's like all the fury and the intent in those first few songs. Can I just and interject just... though and say that, that that song is that is that's the one where there's a lot of repetition in that line, yeah. Like it, yeah, goes, it yeah, goes on for like yeah. ten minutes like that, yeah, which I thought. But I think that's I think it really works. And, and I think that's beautiful melody think, and, and a good sense. I think the way but... that song works in the album for me is it's had it starts like such a furious album mm. and then that song's that moment of like, Oh, it's all a bit too heavy mm. and it's a sort of it's a low it lowers the tone a little bit and, and sort of makes you think a little bit more and i think this is where it reminds me of an album that i love and you two have been sort of middling on but it, it reminds me of the kano album a little bit the hoodies all summer i think the song suck your mom on that album is the song that really sort of shows some of the truth behind the bravado and i think that's what um protective styles does here and i think for me once i got my head around that song in particular it made the album as a whole much more interesting to me and then i think songs like later on we've got brown brown soldiers shoulders which is a sort of strong anti-trump song um but also mm. feels like a real moment of sort of solidarity it's, it reminded me a bit of kendrick again with song all right and how that song became so important to like the black lives matter movement it's it feels like that kind of message again um and yeah i know i keep comparing him to other people and i think those comparisons and influences are quite obvious but i do think he marks himself out as his own artist on this album i think it's it ends so strongly with the like jazzy meandering mama's home um which has a panpipe solo which is just fascinating <laughs> and then the final song twist my hair which is just gorgeous sinister song that's kind of feels like you're in a dingy club somewhere um so i think it's a yeah it's, it's a really fascinating intriguing album um i think it's politically powerful but it's also really sort of personal and honest and i didn't think of the odyssey comparison that was one person i didn't com- compare him to but in terms of his storytelling i can I can see that as well. So, yeah, I, I was really impressed, um, which I'm saying a lot today, but I was really impressed. So, yeah. Okay. Good stuff. So we have two albums then. Fran, why don't you go with one of the others? Uh, okay. I mean, I'll talk about Peter Reporter Robinson, who every time I've tried to write or say his name, mm. I've called him Peter. <laughs> but I'm going to call him Porter now. Well done. Um, I'm going to say that I'll, I'll talk about this one because I'm not going to say an awful lot about it. Um, 
I think despite quite a lot of listens to it, I, I, it's one of those albums I don't feel massively qualified to speak about. I think it's it seems to be part of a genre that is very popular right now and a genre that I can't really get an, an entry point into. Um, this, to me, felt like a 100 Gex album, but with the idiocy taken out, <laughs> and the idiocy the has been replaced by sentimentality. It's very sentimental. Um, it's like it's like 100 Gex have woken up with a, with a sad hangover and made this <laughs> album on the spot. They've had too many beers the night before and just, and just want to get some emotion out, so that's how it felt to me. Um, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people... Yes, that's what it's like. You, know, you never actually had that happen to you, though, Fran, have you? So you've you no idea what that really feels like. Yeah, exactly. Sad hangover, no. I don't know what that's like. Um, but yeah, I can imagine there's people who probably find it very emotionally involving and moving, um, and maybe it is, but it just felt a little bit plastic and, and fake to me. Um, I didn't think it was terrible, though. Um, it kind of... It was listenable. There was bits that were interesting. Um, it, it wasn't as bad as the 100 Gex album in any way, shape, or form. But that's really all I have to say. I don't, I don't have a lot of insight into this one. I found it a bit hard to, to pin down. I also think it's probably quite clear that I liked a lot of the music on this playlist. I feel like that this, this album probably suffered from being on this playlist for me because I always just wanted to get to, to Squid, McKinley Dixon or, um, or Tony Allen. Mm. So um, it, it, it suffered in that way. So, yeah, who wants to go next? Uh, I can go. Um, yeah, yeah go so for me, um, this album was really, really strange. Um, and I found a long time sort of trying to work out what on earth it was trying to be. Um, because uh, on one hand, it seemed to have a few really, I thought, I know, I know, you mean the, I know what you mean about the sentimentality, but really beautiful and kind of deft, like piano ballad mm-hmm. interludes, like the opener, uh, lifelike, and, and then there's a mid-album, there's a really nice song, uh, which is quite, I found, quite touching, obviously, I'm an old softy these days, called Wind Tempos, which I liked. Oh, uh, Yeah, isn't that sweet? Um, yeah. But the meat of the album turned away sharply from those tracks um, into an incredibly irritating, um, and I'll say the word chirpy, which I know we've, we've kind of worn out lately, cheese yeah. pop, um, that sounded like it came from a corporate training promotional video, um, <laughs> like in the background when they're, when they're just saying, we can go do this, let's go do some more sales yeah. this quarter, people. Um, it was that kind of music, um, which really, really pissed me off, you know. Um, okay. So uh, that was Look at the Sky was an example of that. Musician was a real example of that as well. Um, so it was kind of like, uh, when I say it was, it didn't know what it wanted to be. I think, I, I, in a way, it did know what it wanted to be. It wanted to be what I think is the shite version of the album, but it was just okay. sort of concealing that in some of the more delicate um, thought-out piano pieces of the album. So, um, the, But the shite like, completely marred the quality of, of, of what was left, um, <laughs> and I definitely won't be going back. So, yeah, not, not a fan. Okay. No. Um, this kind of album's really in my wheelhouse, so I really, <laughs> <laughs> I really liked it. I said chirpy, really? so I knew it would be. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, um, you loved it, really. Like, That's like, amazing. I don't, I, I don't think I loved it, but mm. it was. We'll talk about the playlist as a whole mm. later, but I think this added a nice balance to the playlist. Have you not um, been to a corporate away day when you're work where you have to watch a load of promotional videos? Ah, boy. that's what it is, you no, see. We don't, we if don't you have to be exactly. If you'd had to be if you've been forced to go through that kind of shit, like day long conferences where they just show you videos and make you feel better about yourself and the company. I mean I then you'd understand this, what when this when we music used to work is. together, Nick. Yeah. The videos I used to make. Um, like <laughs> you're the corporate. Yeah. You're the fucking corporate. And this is yeah. the kind of music you'd have in the back because it's like you don't you want music that doesn't distract from what the person's saying. Yeah, but and kind of 
Puts makes a bit it feel of good emotional about themselves. spin on what they're yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I'm going to talk, I'm gonna say it. some nice things about it. Okay. <laughs> we'll let you eventually. So, yeah, we're finished. Yeah. <laughs> there were, like, at times it did remind me of some, uh, like, late noughties indie bands, like Passion Pit and Temper Trap. And so that was what okay. initially drew me in. And then there was some of the more, like... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Sorry, I had to laugh at temper trap. Drew you, the idea of temper trap drew you in. Well, <laughs> yeah, <me>. like <laughs> more passion pit than temper trap. But okay. sorry, Matt. Uh, I just abusive for no Matt's really okay. had a tough time with this one. This is not fair on Matt. Really. I, you I, know what? I don't give I a just, shit. <laughs> I haven't listened to anything like that in a while, and so it was like a nice novelty. But then, mm. it's like I listened to more of it. Like it sounded actually much more like, um, like the. Uh, like piano driven electronic music like baths i don't know if you guys have listened to them no. um, and they're really really good and some of it's like super beautiful and that combined with like it's very positive both lyrically and musically it was it is a very feel-good album i'm not sure it's going to be an album that um like you're going to dig into an issue with mm. or it's going to really change how you're feeling but mm. for me it's like perfect like vacation music right you're going on a drive somewhere it's the summer <laughs> and this you can put on and everyone's going to be fine with it right nice simple hooks it's very escapist you can put it in the back of a video for um, toothpaste <laughs> yeah I've never been more jealous of your career choices, Matt, than that you've not had to sit through <laughs> shit that has this kind of music God. in it. Because you should not be saying that. That's mental. How could this be no, a summer holiday music? This is the kind of your fourth to listen to it's, in some I, sweaty conference room in a conference center somewhere. Someone oh, played in Slough. If someone played this in the car while I was in the car with them on the way to holiday, I would open the door at one point. Not because I hated it, but because it's that kind of music that would do my head in so yeah. much. Good. Yeah. Well, good riddance. I would want you on that holiday. <laughs> Matt's not taking a hold anymore, Fran. You're on your yeah. own. We've not even let him get to the end of a sentence, have we, to be fair? So, yeah. sorry, Matt. I, d- I, think, I think, again, this is... I think every album we've talked about has the right balance of diversity and cohesiveness. Um, I think another element of this is the the uh, vo- like the vocoder vocals, I think, fits with the aesthetic pretty well, which is something with level criticism uh, artists before. Mm. Um, and I, I know there's re- other reasons why you probably don't like this. Like one of the songs that you picked out, Nick, musician, mm-hmm. like that is hugely influenced by anime. It's a, it's basically an anime intro song, and mm-hmm. I'm guessing you don't watch much anime. I know, no, I have so, a lot now. So you're probably not, not into it much. No. Yeah, and there's other like video game elements hidden out throughout. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, a Ocarina of Time sample mm-hmm. in one of the songs. Wow, that, the, that's the very interesting actually that generally Navi. is a different direction of thinking for this yeah 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 in other words mm-hmm. you're not talking as much shit as you were a minute ago that's a good point yeah yeah and i i think <laughs> i i i i like i googled to try and figure out if it was for sure a sample mm. and you could, i saw a live show and there was like all kinds of like mixing of different video game soundtracks in mm. he has all this kind of imagery associated with video games and anime mm. so i think it's like it's a whole vibe and mm. um, that he's yeah, all he you're chooses. doing is proving that it's not a genre that i can get into aren't you yeah i like video games but it's just the old, the old idea of that is it is it is when I, when i was saying i feel like it is quite a young um genre and it's quite a, it's a genre for well it's kind of like the intersection both. it's kind of like the intersection of anime and david brent 
basically. You're both old men. Together. <laughs> yeah, both I mean, it's not for me. It's not, not for me. I'm young and I'm, I'm cool with the kids. <laughs> Vibrant, yeah, yeah, of course. You're really yeah. young, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, okay. But yeah. Yeah, is that, I, I think people should at least give it a go. <laughs> uh, for, Matt, Matt was actually like, "Are you done? Are you done? Come on!" <laughs> done but he barely got the chance to speak, and now he's going to finish the sentence. He's like, "Are you fucking done, Matt? Come on, let's move on now." It was shit. Yeah, <laughs> let's 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 move on to. Do you want me to talk about Mini Rickerton? Yeah, yeah, Matt, you've you talked about, about it. We're going to give let, you a minute of silence now. No reaction, Fran. Yeah. No talking. <laughs> you got yeah. a minute? Go. go. Mini Rickerton, so, Perfect Angel, this month's classic. Go. I. So to start with, her voice is ridiculous, right? Like it's it's obviously we we, we often cover classics and we're like, uh, obviously this vocalist is amazing, which she is. Um, but I didn't need to hear her go quite so high quite so often. <laughs> <laughs> like I get that that's a, a hugely impressive skill and it's a novelty on which. And she's almost sold on, so you need to deliver that for the people that like the range or whatever. But it did feel almost like a party trick, and you see your best friend do the party trick every single time you go to a party with them, and you're like, that's not fun anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but apart from that, um, I really liked the general tone of the album. I, had, I think it had a very relaxed vibe. It was very loose. It felt like everyone's just hanging out in the backyard, having a good time. There's a barbecue on. I have a lot of summer vibes at the moment, yeah, you as really you can do, probably yeah. tell. <laughs> um, at times, it was a little bit too cheesy, like Perfect Angel, the title track, crosses that line. Um, and for me, that, that like the tone doesn't work if it goes too cheesy. I think I think for like that kind of song that's so sentimental, you have to really, really nail it. And... I think like there's a reason like uh, loving you became so big because she she it's still a bit much for me but she pretty much threads that needle of it's very cheesy sentimental but it is also so pretty and catchy that it can have a, a it can get beyond that. Um, but over, overall, I like I'm not really. It was really interesting to listen to. I'm not going to dig back into this because it doesn't feel like my vibe at all. But I, I'm glad I know who she is and what this is all about now. Um, yeah. I, I found it was getting really difficult to not interject. I gave you over a minute there just to just yeah. to mention, but it was so hard not to jump in there, Matt, and try and throw a spanner in the work. So, you know, you can thank me for that. I well guess. done. Well yeah. done. Okay. Okay. Fran, do you want me to go? It was, it was weird. I'll, yeah. You go, Nick. You go. Yeah, it was you weird go. for Matt to talk without being interrupted. I know. Yeah. I, I was really struggling as well. I'm not going to lie. The fact that I'm struggling to start talking again now, because I had to hold back yeah. so much. But, but so now true. I can't talk. So, so true, you go, yeah. Nick. Um, so it was really funny with this album because, um, and this is another um, testament to my musical uh, abilities and skills here. I was listening to this playlist a lot on headphones, um, like you know, walking around or whatever, not, not looking at the actual yeah. playlist. And for mm. ages, I didn't make the connection <laughs> that this was actually the classic from the 70s. I just thought it was a very, very clever homage <laughs> to that period. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it shows what, how, what did you how think observant was the I am. <laughs> I couldn't remember. I just, I didn't even think about that. I just thought I was only out and listening to this. <laughs> just shows how observant I am. Uh, and also, you know, how, but also how some things 
don't change in some areas of music production because I think there is actually some things, some bands now or some musicians now who yeah. would love to be like this, you know, and and, and, yeah. and work very very hard to be like this. So, um, you mm -hmm. know, but it was it was just hilarious when I realized, oh wow, this is this is actually as old as it as it sounds like it is. Um, <laughs> weird, um, but yeah, no, it was it really um, seemed to me to to exemplify the heyday of that 70s soul, uh, really really you know immaculately. Um, obviously, I, I understand um, she worked with Stevie Wonder a bit, which is you know the perfect matchup. Um, I uh, it was very uh, sunny and joyous, um, and uh, I, in general, I actually, I like that. In general, I, I I could get on board with that. Um, the song, although even the title is difficult for me, but it's so nice. Um, <laughs> it's just just too nice, just too nice. That is. Um, but no, I, I actually did like that song, and I did I did find it kind of. Um, you know, kind of a, uh, a nice summary kind of experience. Um, the caveat is, and I think it's something that Matt mentioned, is um, the skill of being able to sing in the whistle octave, um, <clears throat> like Mariah, um, is not a benefit to the music at all. Mm. Um, it's generally really just grating. Um, and, uh, and this is not, I don't know, this is even allowing for the fact that Mariah is, uh, you know, did what my most hated song of all time, um, and uses which that, is, which is All I Want For Christmas Is You. Um, don't which, get him talking about Don't get me started on this one, before. really. You'll be here all day. Um, <laughs> but it's bad. It's bad. And um, that's that whistle octave stuff drives me insane immediately because it's I can associate it with Mariah. So to be fair... Uh, on Minnie Ripperton, uh, she she was long before that and didn't you know didn't have a connection. So, but I couldn't help it. Mm. So I found it really difficult to listen to that so, that side of the stuff. And I just felt generally like it was there are points where it was just. I mean, when, when we say grating, sometimes music is grating in this way or that way. This genuinely was, you know, occasionally actually painful on the ear. Like that, that, yeah. that, that note was like, Jesus, it's just too much, you know? So um, I, that was the only thing. But otherwise, I, I thought it was a, a well-produced, very joyous summary album, um, which exemplified exactly what I, I think it should have done, or, it, you know, it was sort of about. So I enjoyed it. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, generally I really enjoyed listening to this album. Um, really glad that I chose it. Um, it's interesting. I, my next point is kind of Nick's touched on it here and I kind of thought you would both tell me I was totally wrong, but Nick's pretty much said the exact same thing. So I, I think it didn't feel dated in the way that a lot of the classics that we do, some songs did, but in general it didn't. It felt kind of accessible and enjoyable. And yeah, while some things dated it a little bit, it did also feel like, there are a lot of bands doing a similar thing today and returning to that sort of 70s soul sound. Um, I think songs particularly like Reasons and Take a Little Trip, the ones that are less cheesy, uh, would fit quite nicely on a lot of albums that have been released these days, you know, the soulful end of pop music. Um, so I think, yeah, I totally agree with that point. Um, I think, yeah, obviously Loving You is the big well-known track here. I'd say it's probably better known as a song than Minnie Ripperton is as an artist. I think there's probably loads of people yeah. who know that song and haven't got a clue who Minnie Ripperton is. So it's not really been a song that's gelled with me in the past. Um, but in the context of the album, I did like it. And I do think this is the interesting part again, is that I think it shows off a, rid a ridiculous vocal range. It is a ridiculous vocal range. And I was really interested to know if everyone could get on on board with a voice that is it has moments when it's so high that i think only dogs can hear it <laughs> but yeah i was kind of okay with that um no. i kind of i kind of enjoyed <laughs> it's you know i think put it in context again um yes it's maybe a little bit of a gimmick but it's made it's probably something that marked her out and that wasn't done much and then we have seen a lot of people with these 
vocal ranges that just overuse things. Whereas I think it's a little bit overused, but I don't agree that it's it's so overused that it it damages the it's album a, really. It's in every song. <laughs> but I don't. I'm, I'm okay with that. It didn't. It didn't put me off. It just. I think it's. You're Mariah fan as well, Fran. No, I, I can't bet stand you are. Mariah, but this is nothing <laughs> no, like Mariah you are, really. in any way, shape, or form, is it at all? Um, so yeah, generally it was it was a success for me. Um, it was nice to listen to a classic that kind of um, we talked about it with some albums. How they have this is maybe it's a precursor to metal, or maybe it's this, or maybe it's that. And some I generally don't give a shit about that a lot of the time, but this mm. did put a context on a genre for me, um, and I still can see the influence of this album and albums like this today. Um, yeah, it's not one I'm going to rush out and buy, but I can definitely see why it deserves you know the status of a classic so i was yeah i was impressed mm. i've said that a lot today yeah yeah i was impressed yeah. shall we that shall was, we talk about the playlist the as a whole then yeah, yeah that's that it that, yeah. just a playlist to go yeah he wants to go on matt so fran you were impressed <laughs> i was that's, yeah, that's, that's all I was one word yeah, impressed. yeah i was impressed matt you tell us yeah. what you thought yeah i this is um well, yeah, I just talked about Mini Repetition. It wasn't my favourite classic. There were some good elements. But apart from that, I, between, I mostly loved mm. to sometimes just liking uh, pretty much everything else. Um, yeah. I think every other album I will either listen to a lot or listen to again um, and follow the artists. So... So yeah, pretty good, pretty strong playlist this this month. I would say yeah. um, this was definitely stronger than average, better than average uh, over the last forty-two we've done, um, with the exception of the Port Robinson, um, which was yeah a, a disaster. Um, <laughs> the rest of it, uh, the rest of it was you know either good or excellent. So what? Um, yeah. On, Why what? did you suggest Port you Robinson? Just, you're just going to interrupt me. I can't believe it. Yeah. Man, that's so yeah. wrong. Yeah, I'm, Why getting did my you I'm, trying, I'm trying to speak here. Why? Fucking hell, man. For, for, for a Nick pick, <laughs> I yeah. was just like, this, this doesn't can make I, any sense. Can I make a guess at why you picked it? <laughs> can, I make, can I guess? Yeah. Because I feel that Nick is obsessed with Needle Drop. Mm. And every time Needle Drop reviews an album, <laughs> Nick picks it. And Needle Drop reviewed this album very positively. Um, and I think that's the only reason Nick picked it. And I, I hope that teaches him not to always listen to what Needle Drop says. Well, I'll first say, even if I do watch Needle Drop a lot, which I do, I don't agree with everything he says. But anyway, that's a digression. The main thing is, you're dead right, Fran. Yes, that's why I picked yeah, your oh. pick Needle Drop. <laughs> <laughs> but that See, doesn't mean I agree with everything Needle Drop says. I just listen to what he says and yeah. I have opinions about it. And in this case, he liked yeah. it. And I'm telling you, I think it's shit. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I thought your so, son might have picked it. Oh wow! <laughs> or be or be listening to it. No, no. Colin's got better taste in music. Yeah, my son's an artist yeah. fan, really. Yeah, like pretty much nothing else. Yeah. I mean, I thought the playlist was. I and I just I'll start with Porter Robinson because I do, I do generally think if it had been on a different playlist, I might have had a bit more time for it. It just was not even close to any of the other albums in terms of quality. Um, whereas this playlist had a contender for my album of the year with Bright Green Field. Um, and one of my favourite hip-hop albums I've heard this year with the McKinley Dixon and just Tony Allen, which was fascinating, and I enjoyed the classic. So it's one of the better playlists I remember, um, without a doubt, really. Um, it's been a long time since there was... I didn't hate the Port Robinson. It's been a long time since there's been nothing I could 
you know, nothing I hated. And there have been three albums that I probably will end up buying. So it's definitely a, a strong playlist for me, yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. Good wow. night. Nice one to finish on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you want to talk to us about the other? Yes, yeah, so it's John, John Smith. Smith time. So I'll tell you why I love John Smith. Just a pre-warning, um, there might be a couple of personal details and, and, and be talking about times in my life that weren't great during this. So let's go for it. So what if nice we hate cheery him, way to if, end. Exactly. What if we hate this guy and <laughs> well, now there I you feel go. Oh, no. I know. I know. I'm going to have to stop you from doing that. Right, but yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to have so to rewrite all my notes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Give us 10 minutes to write yeah, back. In all honesty, I kind of can't talk about why I love John's, John Smith's music without spending a bit of time talking about how I discovered his music and mm. the role it's played in my life. Um, so I chose to speak him on speak about him on this particular episode for a reason. It felt pretty apt to talk about him when I'm about to to go off on some paternity leave from the podcast for a few months because there is a good chance that if it wasn't for John Smith, this this baby would not be happening. Um, I say that because there's a pretty good chance Kirsten, my partner, would wouldn't have even gone on a second date with me if mm. it wasn't for the fact that I had a bribe of some John Smith tickets to see his, huh. his show at a church in Charlton. So. We'd had, a, we'd had a very good first date, but for reasons that I won't go into in too much detail now, there were a few sort of complicated factors that meant Kirsten wasn't sure whether, you know, to have a second date. Um, I'm pretty sure she was going to let me down gently. And then I messaged her saying, uh, do you want to come and see John Smith? I've got some tickets. And I think she thought, fuck it, free gig. And then mm. here we are seven years later with mm. a baby on the way. So, um, yeah. And, and John's music kind of played a role in our relationship before we got together too, because we, we met online. We met on Plenty of Fish, the very classy dating website, which I'm sure you're all aware of. It's um, it's lovely. Um, and the thing we talked about most really was music. She, she introduced me to Agnes and Bell and Johnny Flynn. I told her about John Smith and the tallest man on earth, although she now claims that she knew John tallest man on earth before and was always a fan, <laughs> which is bollocks. Um, but, but yeah, what I didn't tell Kirsten about at the time, and I'm not sure I have really to this day, is, is, is how I discovered John's music. Um, and that's kind of another thing I have to be thankful to John for, really, I suppose. I mean, yeah, so like I said, it might be a little tiny bit bleak for a second, but uh, you all know it ends well, so it's all good. I was I was going through a pretty rough period um, in the years before I met Kirsten. Uni hadn't finished that long. I'd come out of a relationship. I was working in a job I didn't really like, and pretty much all my friends, Matt, had moved away from all Manchester. Right. So <laughs> I was kind of alone in Manchester. You're working a job with me as well? Is that, is that the other part? That was no, really... it was before I met you. Oh, okay, thank God you. for that. I'm not responsible for that part of it anyway. Sciences, so you weren't there at that point either. Um, so a lot of my Saturday nights at that point was spent alone in my flat and I developed this little routine where I would get a bottle of red wine, sit in with a book, I'd put an artist I liked on Spotify and then I'd sit there afterwards going for a bit of a rabbit hole. You know, with Spotify, it has the, you like this artist, so you might like this artist. Yeah. So I would just play random people, um, sit there, have some more wine, <laughs> get a bit more, <laughs> get a bit more maudlin. Read a bit more of my book. And um, and I, I discovered quite a lot of artists I love through doing that. So as much as Spotify has got a lot of shitty things about it, that is one thing that Spotify has been really good for for me. I discovered Lisa Hannigan, Angel Olsen, but none really have had as big an impact on me as, as discovering John Smith. Um, I haven't got a fucking clue which artist led me to him, um, like who I was listening to that said I would also like John Smith. But as soon as I heard him, I was sort of totally bowled away. Um he only had two albums out at this point, so the only the first six songs of this playlist would have the playlist that I put together for you guys would have been out at that point. But 
after discovering him on one of those depressing Saturday nights, I must have listened to those two albums just again and again in in, in the coming weeks, and, and they were a really sort of positive thing for me. Uh, music was a really positive thing for me at that, at that point, it, as it always is, but it was a really big thing at that point. And I think that point I was actually, you know, I was always a big music fan, I was always a music geek, but I think that time where music was so important to me made me even more of a music nerd than I am. And I think John Smith played a, a pretty big big role in that so so yeah that's kind of how i discovered him that's kind of a lot of the details of why i do love him um but really just to talk about his music more specifically for a little while um it was the things i spotted on that first night of hearing him that have really kept me hooked through all the years and all the albums i think his voice is just exceptional um it's one of my favorite voices in music i can't think of many singers who have the range and ability he has and i love how um he kind of can go from gravel tones to honey tones and then just singing a single a single word he's just ridiculously talented um he's also a ridiculously talented guitarist um i think i knew this straight away but actually when i first saw him live um that really hit home the song winter which is on this playlist is kind of the biggest example of that um i don't know if you'll remember the song particularly but he plays that song by you know he has the guitar face up on his lap and he's finger picking at the same time as using the guitar as a drum and he does that on quite a lot of um, his songs. So quite a lot of his percussion is actually him playing the guitar at the same time as finger picking, which is just, I've seen oh, it, cool. I've seen people do it, but it's amazing to watch him do it. Um, and I also really love his like ability to mix the traditions of folk music with something that's much more current. So if you listen to the song Axe Mountain, which I think I started the playlist with, it's, yeah. it's a murder ballad, which is a folk trait, you know, folk music has always had murder ballads within it, but he brings that up to date. And there's a song, Hairs on the Mountain, towards the end of the playlist, which is on, off an album I only included one song from because that album was entirely covers of old folk standards. And Hairs on the Mountain is one of one of those. Um, but what I love about that particular song is how it has that very old folk elements, but it, it's updated into his personal style. Um, and yeah, seeing him live, I've seen him live every time I get the chance to go and see him live because he's just... What you hear on record, I suppose, is I love it, um, but I think seeing him live sort of does take it to the next level because he's such an in incredible performer. His voice in a... Usually it's a small room because he's not a very big artist, and I know we've been covering a lot of big artists in these wide love sections, so it's quite nice to cover someone who's not massive. Um, but So I usually see him in a very small room, and his, his, his voice just totally dominates, and watching him play guitar in that way is incredible. But um, I'm just really interested to hear what you two think and i know i've just given you some stories about my life that you might not want to then go oh he's shit but you know i know he's um probably one of the fuckiest artists i've brought to you guys and i'm not really sure if it would be um your thing and if you be have any interest in him and if you don't you know well fuck you but it's also fine <laughs> but um but yeah i do feel that in some ways the playlist i put together as i was listening to his releases have got sort of steadier and more straightforward over the years he's probably got differently to a lot of artists that we always talk about he's got less experimental in some ways and i wonder how that might come across to people who haven't listened to him before so i'm interested in what you thought of the chronological order but mostly first of all i'd just love to know what you thought of the playlist what you think of him in general and yeah who wants to who, who, do, wants you, who to do you want to go from you get your to pick let's go to matt okay um so yeah i i i obviously well not obviously i think he's a really really good uh folk musician um mm -hmm. i did really like his conversational storytelling um 
his, as you mentioned, his voice is kind of crazy. Um, mm. I liked it most when he was really pushing it, um, when it gets really gravelly and stretched. Because mm. um, I, I think he, the way he plays guitar also, it sounds very textured as well. Yeah. And so, like, the way they mesh together is just, it's really, it's really, really cool. And really, like, the whole sound is so rich and dense, even though it's obviously very minimal what he's doing. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, for me, that works best when he's impassioned or when there's some more, like, more going on. So you mentioned, like, the experimental side. Um, yeah. And so the earlier stuff was really what I was, I was most interested in. I thought um, it probably As it kind yeah. of gets more gentle and slow. Oh, yeah, I'm, like, super predictable when it comes to folk music. <laughs> <laughs> I want them to be folk rock or I want them to be the experimental folk. Mm. Um, and more chirpy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it did, this, in this case, it didn't have to be chirpy, just more, um, mm. less whispery. Um, mm. um, but I like, I, I definitely enjoyed it a lot. I think um, one of the things I noticed, which I thought was really, really cool, you know how much I, I gripe about fade outs. Mm-hmm. I haven't really talked yeah. about them in a while. <laughs> um, Chance to talk about fade outs. He's been in therapy for a while. He's managed to relax his yeah. stress about this issue. Well, <laughs> he, has, he has a fade out in To Have So Many. Um, mm. And it's done really, really well. It's an okay. example of doing it properly. Because he's like, <laughs> he has this really nice cyclical guitar riff. And he's repeating mm. this line, who knows where our love will go. And it's like a theme throughout the song. And then it gradually starts to fade out, which I think fits with the tone of the song. But yeah. again, still like a straight fade is still pretty lazy. Um, but instead, <laughs> as the main part of the song fades out, like the guitar and the voice, there's like some electronic organs noises come across, come mm. up um, and like replace the like... The humanness. So it's not a fade out. With then. just, yeah. Well, he replaced it with something very visceral. Yeah, um, that's probably my favorite song it, by him. By the yeah. way, just while you're talking about it, that's my favorite song. By him. I, 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 enough pressure. Matt's favorite song I, you're talking about right now. Relax, though. I, I, it, it's obviously, obviously. Um, Say what you feel. It, it's a very good song. Um, but no, I was just, I hadn't heard a fa- like a fade out used in that way. And it, I thought it was mm. very creative um, and a really cool way to end the song because it turned from him having this repeated mantra and then it became something much more visceral, which I think matches mm. this, um, like this notion of who knows where our love will go, right? It became yeah. something that was more, more than he could maybe communicate with uh, just his words. That's really interesting um, to because obviously, like saying that is my favorite song by him, and I've never thought about that. So it's it's quite nice hearing someone talk about like an element of a song that you've known for a long time, but that they've sort of noticed and you haven't. So yeah. thank you, Matt. I'm going to go and listen. Yeah, to that next time and, you, yeah. you should look. Yeah, yeah, I will. Um, but yeah, I like. Yeah, it's really good. Listen more attentively next time. Yeah, focus, Fran. Come on. Um, I do think he needs to change his name. <laughs> <laughs> Because John being called John Smith is ridiculous. Yeah, I do feel for him in that respect. It's very difficult. Um, I'm surprised he didn't pick a pseudonym, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah super cool. Yeah. There's also a rapper called, weirdly, rapper called John Smith. So when I first discovered him that night, I was talking about, then the next day, yeah. searching for him on Spotify, and it's, uh, the first album that came up, I just pressed play, and it's some <laughs> terrible hip hop. Um, and then obviously the beer always comes up. So it's, yeah. it's not easy to find him on Google sometimes, but yeah. Okay, shall I go? Go for it, yeah, mate. Go on, so, mate. yeah, so um, I'm going to digress slightly uh, and just say, Fran, 
You really mm. are a bastard. You really are a bastard because <laughs> you can't begin a, a, a playlist description with two, I won't go with heartbreaking, <laughs> but quite moving tales about yeah. the loneliness and pain of your past <laughs> life. And then tell us about this fucking band and then tell and then ask me uh, my honest opinion of it. That is bullshit. Yeah, I, I'm totally up for honest opinions. I've got yeah. the name, but I, I had That's, to tell you the context. We'll fucking see if you're up for honest opinions. That's not part of this section. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, um, I was thinking like how best to sort of commemorate the moment when you break from the podcast and um, all the sort of dubious opinions you've had over the several years. Um, yeah. And uh, how I'll, I'll sort of miss the opportunity to rip into your kind of absurd points of view about uh, I don't know, clipping, Correct Chris, idols, Mount Erie, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Correct and then you gave me um, a sort of gift in this because I'm going to take a final swipe at you before you leave and say, <laughs> although I... <laughs> Although, although, <laughs> exactly. Although I did like this playlist in general, it really didn't move me. It, it really gives the weight of, of context, which is why it's so interesting in a way to take, make a serious mm. point for a second. Because without any of that context, um, this felt very like straight down the line folk, which was in lots of ways beautiful, um, but yeah. rarely gripping for me. Um, so, uh, in a sense, although I, I listened to it, you know, quite a few times and, and I, you know, at no point was I like, oh, get me out of this. You know, it was, it was mm. fine. There was, nor were there any points where I was like, oh my God, this is just blowing me away, you know? So, yeah. um, so yeah, I mean, that's a very, that's kind of a short response really. So, um, I suppose, sorry, you know, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm not sorry. Um, no, I mean, it's exactly the response that I expected from you, really, it was yeah. as I was putting it together, as I was choosing to come And that's John probably Smith, why you went, you went to like, twist the emotional knife, innit? With all this <laughs> shit about you with a bottle of wine on your own Saturday night. Because I mean, it's exactly Jesus. the responses from both of you, really, that I mm. kind of imagined. Um, I mean, for me, it is, I, do, I do understand that response as well, though, Nick. I do kind of get it. I think it, it's not really your um, genre. Mm. He's, you mean you get the point about you being emotion manipulative? Is that what you mean? You yeah, get that no, as well. totally. Yeah. That's, that's okay, my, good, good. Yeah, my stock in trade. But, mm. um, but I think he he isn't straight down the line. He is he is a sort of front runner of the genre, and he is sort of doing things that other people don't do. But I also do. I did. They were the kind of criticisms I imagined coming mm. from you, and it, it's yeah. I do. I do get them. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's you know, it wouldn't be you if you didn't end by. By being a dick, would it? So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. Does, so you say it gets simpler over time. Yeah, is there a lot of material that's like uh, more experimental and interesting? I'd say the first two, three albums are more sort of. Um, you know, he's doing more different things. Is with there, his is there music. any that's like more like FK Twigs sort of style? No, <laughs> thankfully. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, the first the first two particularly three albums they are, and then he he sort of settled into a groove which um, which which I even personally don't know how I feel about it sometimes in terms of I love every album he puts out and actually the album he's put out this year um, which the name has just escaped me the fray it's called um, is one yeah. of my favourite albums by him I think it's a very accomplished album but it's it's sort of become um, like he he has settled into what he does now. Um, there's a couple of songs on the newer one, and I included one of them, um, where he, he has sort of put a bit more of an experimental twist to his guitar tone and to what he's doing with his guitar. Um, but it, he has settled into a, into a path. I do think, Matt, for you, you probably want to listen to the first couple of albums if that's what you're looking for. Um, yeah. But when he plays live, 
he does do that a bit. We saw him play live, didn't we? Fran? I don't think I saw Wasn't him he playing support uh, somewhere we went. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 no, you yeah. might be right. Together playing support at Albert, uh, Albert Hall. We did. Who mm. was he supporting? I can't remember. No, 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 no. You went to see him and I t- he was supporting Gomez and I told you to go and see him. Ah, I wasn't with you. you're right. I wasn't yeah. with you. I remember yeah. the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. Yeah, he's friends, with the, he's friends with the guys from Gomez. Um, and nice. he does actually where I, because one of Gomez is from Matlock, where I grew up and John Smith does the occasional gig in one of the pubs. Mm. Back in Matlock. Um, I mean, I will qualify this by saying, my comments, by saying that if you're into folk, this is excellent, excellent yeah. folk, I think. This is really nails it. If, you, if this is the yeah. genre you want uh, and you're within that sort of framework, then go for it. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but um, that, that's, yeah, that's to me a, a boxed, slightly boxed off yeah. position. Yeah. And I think when I, what I've noticed with you is some of the folk music I've introduced you to that you have enjoyed mm. does tend to be a little bit um, more... Um, surreal Weird. type, you know, Aldous Harding <laughs> stuff like that, stuff that's <laughs> got a little you. bit of an oddity to it, whereas yeah, John Smith yeah. doesn't have that. Um, he yeah. does have it on occasion, but mm. he doesn't have it in general. Um, yeah. But yeah. Right. Cool. Okay. And with that, Fran well, is us. no longer part of this podcast. Yeah. No. I mean, go and have a baby. Keep, Fuck off. Keep talking about a break. Um, possibly I'll be back the episode after... No, two, there'll be two, won't there, before the Mercury one. Mm. But I don't know. I might be here for the Mercury one. I might not. It depends mm. if the baby... Um, Let's me. Depends if I let you yeah. on the call as well. I mean, I'm not. I'm going to debate that. Yeah. Honestly, we'll yeah. see. But next time, Sam, next time. who has been here several times mm. already, yeah, is going to take a... my mm. place. Mm. Um, so Sam is our Mercury correspondent. He is, <laughs> and usually album of the year as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Or not? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yep. Oh. Um, I don't know. I don't. I may, I may made that up. <laughs> but um, so Sam is going to pick one recent release and that is marina with ancient dreams in a modern land which is a terrible title um he's going to pick the classic which is stevie nicks with the wild heart which is a terrible title and um his why i love will be janelle Monáe. um i'm sure they're great albums sam but they're bad titles um and I've picked one because my way of staying involved is to pick albums that will piss them all off. Actually, I think <laughs> the album that I've picked, I already know it, is The American Negro by Adrian Young. It is a fascinating album. I think it's a challenge one to speak about, which is why I've chosen it for them. Thank you oh, so much. It is. Yeah. Um, um, uh, I picked Rostam with Change Phobia. Can I just ask, was Rostam in the Maccabees? Rostam was part of Vampire Weekend. Okay. I knew it was somebody. And I picked Gruff Rees, who was part of Fur Animals, uh, in oh, Seeking nice. New Gods. Which is a terrible cool. title. It's not some bad as some of the other ones you mentioned, but yeah. Yeah, a change of phobia isn't great. <laughs> terrible titles. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, this, this month was, was good on all, all fronts. Mm. Yeah, titles were great. Titles. I love the title, um, yeah. For My Mama and Anyone Who Looked Like It. That is a great title. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is why Everything. I went with title questions. Mm. Anyway. Right, guys, I shall right. see you in a few months. Yeah. Um, we should, maybe maybe yeah. we should actually, you know, the three of us should speak again, not just on the podcast, you know, but actually keep well, yeah. in touch maybe, do you think? Yeah. Or no, should I just no. cut you off now? No. Is this it? I mean, I wouldn't yeah, know how just... to have a conversation with you without interrupting you and telling you you're wrong. So, <laughs> so. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, well, I'm sure the massive audience all wishes you well with your new baby. Thank you, audience. Yeah. Right. Bye. Bye for now. Bye. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> what was that at the end of the